and welcome to D-Geeks, the show where two dorks are visited by the ghosts of cartoons past. But, like, that makes no fucking sense. What the fuck are you... No. I don't care. That's what we're running with this year. I'm Mark. Oh, I'm Avery. And this year we have been watching... Charles Dickens is A Christmas Carol. Yes, it's another of the Sunday movie tunes. Oh, why, oh, why couldn't it have been the Heathcliff Christmas special? <sighs> Boy, that's what we have to get to. Anyway, Christmas Carol. This is one of the Sunday movie tunes, as I say. And it's decent. Yeah. It's pretty faithful to the original book. It's a musical, so we've got some songs budged in there. And it's got an all-star cast, including Tim Covey and Whoopi Goldberg. So, of course, A Christmas Carol is one of the most televised and uh, filmed It's, it's one of the most adapted stories. stories. It's one of the most popular stories in the world because it's a fucking good story. Let's be super honest here. It's classic. It's the story of this capitalist fuckhead who is spiteful and bad, and then he goes to sleep, and he is haunted by several different ghosts who teach him the error of his ways. And it's, he magically becomes a good person afterwards. It's simple and easy. Yeah, and I it makes me sad because those ghosts don't actually exist, and there's a lot of people who could really benefit from meeting those ghosts. Let's be super honest here. Eh, would they actually, though? Ah, probably. Some of them would. <laughs> I'm, I'm concerned. Moving on. Yeah, I'm concerned that... No, we don't do politics on this show. Exactly. Moving, <laughs> Moving on. on. Um, so, obviously, you must have your favourite version of uh, Christmas Carol. No. Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean... I I don't really... I try to avoid Christmas-related media as a given, because 99% of it is garbage well that's true if i had to pick one specific rendition of christmas carol that i do like it's probably gonna be of course muppets christmas carol yeah that was pretty much my choice as well it's the classic version it's it's got the hint of funniness in there it's it's genuinely entertaining because it's muppets i mean it's an example of just how adaptable a christmas carol is yes um michael kane is excellent as scrooge in that Mm -hmm. and the addition of Muppets doesn't do anything to distract from the fact that it is also quite a um, dark faithful tale. and dark adaptation. Yeah. Especially when it comes to the uh, Ghost, Ghost of Christmas of, Yet to Come. Yeah, which goes on full on um, Jim Henson Company doing mm-hmm. horror effects, which is always wild. Um, I really should watch that again. I try to watch it every year. I don't always. Now, obviously, uh, the Deke version isn't going to stand up to those standards. I mean, it does a bloody good job of trying. It, it holds up pretty well for what it's worth. Oh, yes, but I mean, it's it's working with a much smaller budget for a straight-to-television release. And most of the budget went towards the voice actors. 
I mean, we can only assume. I mean, the, the animation quality is about on par for Deke's cheap animation from, like, the late 90s and early 2000s. Oh, yeah, it's bog-standard uh, 1997 animation from them. Uh, you can really see where they've shared technology with Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd century. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, Sherlock Holmes was after this. Sherlock Holmes was 2001. Was it indeed? Yes. In that case, you can really see where they've pioneered <laughs> the use of video toasters. The, the use of light shafts on t- 2D animation to create a really awkward looking effect, yeah. It's not going to win any prizes for being the prettiest version of A Christmas Carol. Um, it's sort of... It's got that decanimation style. It's not quite as ugly and jagged as it becomes by the point of Liberty's kids, but it's heading there, you know? Yeah, it's it's sort of the um, sort of like the, the, the source of it all. That's where it where it all started to kind of come into its own and slowly developing in that. And obviously, it's about the same as Time Kid, which was another yeah. adaptation of a Victorian novel. <laughs> they utterly failed it. Unlike Time Kid, where they tried to liven it up a bit, they changed a couple of things trying to make it more interesting. Here, they didn't change uh, much, really. It's pretty faithful to the book, as we said. Yeah. uh, The adaptation is strikingly uh, faithful. And as a choice to make uh, for a children's cartoon, I'd say that was quite a brave move. Hmm. Because there's some very flowery language, and there are scenes that rely entirely on just two actors reciting these lines uh, towards each other. Mm-hmm. But it really flows still. I mean, they've they've tried to throw in tidbits to, uh, to liven it up to stop children from being bored. But even by a third of the way into the cartoon, um, there's they're not throwing things at the screen much anymore and they're just letting uh, Dickens's language tell the tale. Mm. Um, I mean, early on you've got lots of antics with small children and uh, the dog. The dog being the completely added character. Yeah. Okay, in this version Scrooge has a dog. Uh, a bulldog, was it? Uh, I believe so, yeah. This uh, small, burly bulldog that he's... I guess he's not that fond of? I'm not entirely sure why Scrooge, uh, who would consider a dog to be kind of an expense, has a dog. Yeah. It's a good point, actually, yeah. Except possibly as a ratter, but... um, they basically use that simply to pepper in a few bits of physical comedy whilst letting the uh just letting the film flow as it would and it's pretty weak as the physical comedy goes and if at this point in listening you're thinking that i don't really have much to add you're correct. Yeah, there's not really a there great amount to say about this. It's is literally there? a pretty much directly, mostly faithful like adaptation of the story. There's not really much to really remark upon. Well, 
I mean, it's not even an, a... Um, I mean, even with the musical numbers, it's still not that much to write home about. It's just kind of... They're just awkwardly shoehorned in occasionally, and... Yeah, well, you know what? They're not really awkwardly shoehorned in. They work. They, they Ooh, transition I, into them fairly I, well. I think the one where the child Scrooge was singing about the book he was reading yeah, was that a one bit could awkwardly have, shoehorned. Yeah, that one was a bit awkwardly in. And also the bit with the... What was her name? Bell, I think it was. Uh, that was less awkwardly shoehorned and more that they hadn't um, introduced the character. Introduced of the character of Belle by that point. Uh, Belle being uh, Scrooge's first and only love, who he abandons in favour of money. Mm-hmm. Um, we see her precisely one scene. That wasn't a good choice. No. I think Belle should have been there with uh, the sister when uh, Scrooge goes home for Christmas. But aside from that, there's a few songs. They're not particularly memorable, but they're not... Well, aside from the one sang by the young Scrooge. uh, Just... Here's the thing, guys. Don't make 13-year-olds sing. Yeah, there's not... I mean, yeah, musical numbers, for the most part, they're fine. Yeah, they're just functional. But that one is painful. Yeah. It goes on for far too long as well. But the rest of them aren't particularly obnoxious or stand out or out of place to any great degree. It doesn't need them, they're just there, uh, presumably because Disney were doing uh, big musicals over the 90s, therefore... Deke has to do it if they're going to try and sell it. But, I mean, aside from that distraction, it's... It's Scrooge. Mm. It's... It's a Christmas carol. It is the story of Ebenezer Scrooge learning the spirit of Christmas and becoming a better man for it. Mm-hmm. It's passable. Yeah. It's a genuinely passable film. And that's kind of where the problem lies in for us, because we can't really talk about it at length. I mean... It's just like if you have seen any adaptation of a Christmas Carol, well, most adaptations of a Christmas Carol that are at least faithful to the book, then you know what this is like, basically. Well, what did you like about it? I, I don't know. Well, Tim Curry, for one thing. He was all right in this. He's had better roles. Okay. I, I mean, I thought he was... I mean, command and conquer. Look, 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 nothing's going to beat his command and conquer. Well, that's, yeah, that's true. That's, that's, that is pretty much hit the best one. Well, mm. well, one of the best ones at the very least. <laughs> Clue. Mm. Have you seen Clue? Not yet. We'll have to watch Clue. I have heard of his his legendary performance in Clue, though. Clue is one this wonderful weird farce thing that they've got going on. The mm. best board game to movie adaptation. <laughs> Long before the idea of board game to movie adaptations was anything anyone should actually be doing. Um, what about Whoopi Goldberg then? Uh, she's doing a bad accent in this. Yeah, they really shouldn't have made Whoopi Goldberg do an accent. It, I, it's a really unplaceable accent too. It, it I mean, sometimes goes a little British, but she's trying British because it, because it's Victorian London, despite the fact that she is a ghost of Christmas and therefore. <laughs> And therefore, her own voice would have sufficed. I mean, just being Whoopi Goldberg, just audibly being Whoopi Goldberg would have worked in that position. Yeah. 
but I, I'd put that far more down to um, bad uh, voice direction than a. I mean, yeah, no, it's not. It's obviously not going to be a problem with Whoopi herself. Yeah, she knows what she's doing. I mean, it it, it would have been better had she just been Whoopi. Yes. I mean, uh, Ed Asner's in it. Yeah, Ed Asner, Michael York, Kath Susie's in it as well. Yep. Uh, <laughs> 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 That's kind of my general feeling. Still, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's passable. Right. It's yeah. a Christmas miracle that it's passable. Wow. Wow. Hold on, do you not remember Time Kid? Wow. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I mean, it's an interesting thing in the sense of the IMDb rating, I feel, finally matches our feelings towards the product. In that it has a 6 out of 10. And yeah. I, yeah, I would rate yeah, this a solid just, 6 out of 10. Yeah. I mean, it's just possible, so that's a 5. But, I mean, they tried their best with it and they got these good actors in it for it. So, you know, 6 out of 10, you know. Yeah, as cheap six. as just cheap adaptation of a Christmas Carol goes, you could do a lot worse than this. Yeah, and I'm sure people have. Yeah, I'm sure there is an entire podcast you could make simply out of watching them. We are not <laughs> doing that. Oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, no, not even as a joke. I no. I mean, we could. No. If we go and No. You know. No. The real Don't. Ghostbusters that. Christmas episode oh. is a Christmas carol parody. We could watch it now. We could, but let oh. Fine. See you in part 2 everyone. Welcome back to Deep Geeks. I'm still Mark. So we just watched the 22-minute Christmas special from season one of The Real Ghostbusters, entitled Xmas Marks the Spot. That cartoon's still fucking boring. Eh, it wasn't the best episode. It's pretty fucking boring, I'm gonna be super honest. It had a couple bits, good bits, but otherwise I was mostly uninterested. I was too busy having more fun dicking about with the PS Vita. As you do. So, basically the plot of the episode is that somehow the real Ghostbusters drive through a portal in uh, in, uh, Upper New York... Which takes them to Victorian England, where they accidentally uh, capture the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and yet to come. Uh, just, just to explain, as if this is just inexplicably there from New York, there's some kind of weird time travel trickery that's just shrugged off. It's just kind of shrugged off, and it's just like, oh, it's a time portal. Okay, bye. So it's a really lazy episode. So they get back to New York uh, and discover that Christmas is dead because the 
previously presumed to be fictional Scrooge uh, has basically killed Christmas. Oh God, yeah, that's a good point. You, you the, the 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 context they brought in this is that Scrooge was a real person that he wrote a Christmas Carol because he visited the ghosts, and then possibly he, he must have done it because he mean, wrote the, the book about how fucking Christmas sucks. A Christmas humbug. Yeah, which is a terrible name, and the writer should be really ashamed of themselves for that name. Yes, thanks, J. Michael Straczynski, creator of Shira. Okay. Creator of Babylon 5. Okay. Name some more, like, low B-movie grade sci-fi things that people don't really care about nowadays. Hey, people care about She-Ra. Well, yeah, it's back, people isn't it? People really care about She-Ra at the moment. The yeah, new She-Ra is the excellent. the new one is apparently good. But that's not the She-Ra Jumakas made. No. If you can't tell... This thing is so fucking boring that it's put me into a very snoozy mood. You were already in a very snoozy mood. I mean, yes, that's true, but it's put me in more of a... not in a very snoozy mood? I mean, yeah, but... I mean, the thing is, it's like... The the difference here is that the movie that we watched engaged me because it was nicely done, whereas this just felt like a phone-in. Yeah, it's very much going through the motions. Yeah. So basically, from that point, uh, Ray, Venkman and uh, Winston travel back into the past to pretend to be the ghosts of Christmas present and yet to come, completely pointlessly might I add, uh, whilst uh, um, Egon? Yes, Egon Spengler. Egon uh, goes inside the ghost containment unit to find the ghosts of uh, to find and free the ghosts of christmas past present and yet christmas yet to come so that they can take them back to the past and make things all right again and quite frankly all the stuff in victorian england is completely wasted and pointless much like the entire episode basically well to be honest i liked I liked the trippy visuals of Egon. Yeah, but then that was interrupted for no good reason. Yeah. And it was also cut short. I mean, yeah, that part was good. I liked that That side bit. of it was really good. I like the idea that's of That's where it. all the budget went. <laughs> I'm not even sure it's where the budget went. It's just... That's where all the budget went. That's that's the, uh, the show's parcel in trade. And showing the ghosts hanging around this weird ethereal space. Yeah, that's what this show was made for. But this plot in which three men use modern technology to try and convince Scrooge that they're they're the ghosts of Christmas past, present and future. This, This is bad children's movie territory, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, to be completely honest, I still don't think that highly of real Ghostbusters. That's fair. That's fair. It's kind of shit. Especially compared to the movies. When it's good, it's good. But when it's doing this, it's... Kind of mediocre. I mean, that ultimately sums up this episode. It's mediocre at best. This wasn't worth it, was it? It really wasn't. But, I mean, it pudgied out the episode a bit more. So <laughs> Ten we're minutes. To... Wow. Hey, it got us closer to what the amount great, that we should be what offering. What a great amount. 
Um, oh, fuck it. I don't care. That's the Christmas special done with. I'm happy with that. Okay, so that breaking deke news is that Twitch are running an Inspector Gadget marathon from the 17th of uh, December till the 24th. That's five hours a day of Inspector Gadget. Uh, Not only that, but Andy Hayward will be answering questions every day. So, as Andy Hayward's going to be answering questions, I have nothing to ask him, other than maybe, why? Why? Yeah, that's about <laughs> pretty much it. Although I would quite like to know what uh, he would have liked to have taken off in the same way Gadget did. Yeah, I, yeah, that would be an interesting thing to know. Um, Yeah. I don't have anything to add to that. We should just end it here, to be completely honest, before we ramble on anymore and uh, And eventually sink into a a pile of quicksand. We're risking me just talking about him and him matching his glasses with his outfit. Yeah. Let's avoid that conversation topic as we move swiftly into the ending sequence. Hello, thank you very much for listening to this trash heap. This is Dig Geeks. It's a Mostly Cobalt's podcast. That's a brand name that we use for some reason, even though we only have one podcast. And we're looking at doing a second podcast, but even then, I still don't quite know why we have the brand name still in the first place. But whatever! It's a Mostly Cobalt's podcast, and that means you can go to mostlycobalt's.com to look at all of the episodes and catch up on all the other different podcasts which haven't updated in millions of years. You can also have a little look-see at us on Twitter, which is barely used. Again, that's twitter.com slash mostlycobalt's. And you can also look at all the latest Garfield strips on Garfield.com. Has Lorenzo Music put you in a Garfield mood that Maybe. easily? Maybe. I do kind of like Garfield. It's kind of pretty good. I mean, the, 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 the comics don't really hold much of a torch to Heathcliff, to be completely honest. And because we're talking about cartoon cats, let's set the dog off in the other room. So if you hear those barks, that's why. And we're talking modern Heathcliff, not old Heathcliff. Yeah, well, no, he, old Heathcliff's still good. It's okay, but Gately's son is weird. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, that's the end of this episode. And it's also uh, the end of the show until sometime next year, probably halfway through January. Yeah, we're know. taking a nice hiatus. It's, it's time for the Christmas break, everyone. We've had a hard because time with I can't getting things be done. And yeah. It's uh, Christmas. We have yeah. things to do. Yeah. Such as laze about and be sorry for ourselves. Anyway, <laughs> moving onwards. That's it. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> that's, that's how we move onwards. See you next year. Uh, Bugger, we didn't do the bloody ranking for this episode. We watched two things, we didn't rank them. We have a Christmas special ranking. What, what, I... Ah, uh, shit. Um, can we quickly throw together some sort of telegram call to try and get that sorted? Well, uh, just so happens that that's exactly what's happening right now. Oh, how fortuitous. So, how's this, this going to work? This at the end of an episode. That joke doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> whatever well, we forgot to do the ranking in the main bit of the episode because we were both really really tired and wanted to just get it done and out the way with I just realised right as I was finishing on editing this episode that we didn't rank the the damn things so now I've just kind of bungled Mark into a telegram call right now to uh, quickly record this ranking um, okay so first off we have a Christmas carol uh, the most perfectly mediocre Christmas special we have ever seen um, okay. I'm probably going to say my bet, I'm looking at the ranking list right now, uh, okay. my thoughts uh, are directly in between Sonic Christmas Blast and Twas the Night Before Bumpy because it is, like, Christmas Blast is good, Bumpy is hold bad. Hold on, hold on. To uh, Just to quickly interrupt you, uh, a quick reminder of our Christmas specials. Oh. Number one is Jingle Bell Rock. Number two is Santa Water Mess. Number three is Sonic Christmas Blast. Number four is Twas the Night Before Bumpy. And number five is uh, Hollywood Hounds Christmas. Yeah. Uh, and as I say, it's, we have quite a fun opinion of Sonic Christmas Blast and less so on Twas the Night Before Bumpy. Considering A Christmas Carol is the most perfectly mediocre thing we have seen so far, I'd say it goes in between those two really nicely. Yeah. I'm. I mean, I can't find anything that would justify putting it ahead of Sonic Christmas Blast. Yeah, and it's nowhere near as bad as Twas the Night Before Bumpy either. So no, no. I think it fits in perfectly there. So For one thing, its running time actually makes sense. Yeah, that's true. Um, so yeah, that's in at number four. We've got A Christmas Carol. Uh, what about the... Oh, God, what was it called? Uh, Xmas Marks the Spot, the real Ghostbusters uh, Christmas special. Where should we put that? Ooh, um, I mean, was it worse than Twas the Night Before Bumpy is the important question. Uh, both of them made me feel uh, like just going to bed immediately after it, but Bumpy made me feel like dying, so I'm going to say above Bumpy, but below Christmas Carol, simply because not as good as Christmas Carol, not as bad as Bumpy. So I'm saying. Yeah. I'm yeah. pretty sure I agree with you on that one. Well, that was nice and simple. Four and five, respectively, for the for the two of them. Right, so clean, right, simple, and effective. Yeah, right. That's all I needed to know. That's all we needed to have on the end of the podcast. Um, sorry that it's coming to form on this awkward tail end, but hey, I forgot. We forgot. Whoops. <laughs> so, I guess that's it. Uh, well, the plus yeah. side that means you get bonus us. Yeah. We're so sorry. Yeah. Ah, uh, well, it's, it's lengthened the podcast out a bit. It's only come up to, like, 22 minutes overall, so... There wasn't much to say. Yeah, there really wasn't. But, yeah, oh, well. that does it for Deep Geeks for this year. Ta-da, yeah. everyone. So, uh, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And happy, happy, a Happy Hanukkah. And happy Holidays. Is there an Eid somewhere around here? And I think Diwali's already passed. Instead of guessing, you could just say Happy Holidays like everyone else does. Ha- just the blanket. Oh, yeah. Happy Holidays. It's the warm winter blanket of merriment. Happy Holidays. Have a y- delicious Yule. Yeah, that. <laughs> Ta-ra.